Somebody who thinks I'm still a recon sent me this blog article. It is now, as they say, going to be in my novel. This is part one of debunking tactical recon. This particular blog article, I, mean, I gotta put this right in my face here, my laptop here. Here we go. The blog is called Tactical Recon, meaning that you will gain insight as to how to apply recon strategy in your everyday Monday morning waking up lifestyle. That's what it is. This article on the blog is called The Boiling Pot. Starts out by saying, tyrants have a very simple strategy for total dominion. Make people dependent and you can control them. The more the people depend upon you for their everyday sustenance, the more they are under your control. It's that simple. And honestly, that's not a lie. I can't do this on my lap. I changed my mind. So the second paragraph is entitled incrementalism, colon, the boiling pot. It's the proverbial boiling of the frog scenario. If you place a live frog in boiling water, he will instinctively jump out or at least try to. However, place him in a nice cool pot of water and incrementally turn up the heat. He will finally succumb to the boiling water and die. Put a pin in that. I'm just gonna look up the boiling frog. Article entitled, will a frog actually allow itself to be boiled alive if you raise the temperature slowly? The origins of the boiled frog fable lay in the works of 19th century German physiologist, I can read, Friedrich Goltz. Goltz was particularly interested in fellow physiologist Edvard Fliegler. Concept of the spinal cord soul, a second seat of consciousness thought to exist separately from the brain. To this end, the 1872 Galt placed frogs in cold water and slowly raised the temperature. According to contemporary British philosopher George Lewis, death occurred at around 40 degrees while, quote, quietly the animal sat through all successions of temperature, never once manifesting uneasiness or pain, never once attempting to escape the impending death. So case closed then? Well, not quite. For the account leaves out the one critical fact that all frogs in question have been pithed, pithing, it might be pithed, I don't know. Let me look it up. It's pith. Pithed. The frog was pithed. Pithing is a laboratory technique which involves destroying a frog or another lab animal's Cerebrum, usually performed by inserting a needle into the back of the skull and sweeping it side to side. This destroys the animal's higher brain functions while leaving the brainstem intact, meaning that while the animal is no longer conscious, all its involuntary functions, such as heart breath and heart breath, right, heart beat and breathing, carry on, allowing the function of these organs to be studied during dissection. I have heard this the boiling frog analogy from like 25 recons because they like it, but they will only do research on things that will further their cause. If that analogy doesn't hold for them, they can't do their agenda. It's like the way that they interpret scripture. If they actually did research on it, which I've already covered, then their whole thing comes apart. I think the analogy would make more sense if you were like, 
if you are then forced into slavery and have no way out, you will die a slow death. Yeah. Let's keep going. Next paragraph. I'm going to move this. I, I still haven't found a place. Ah, this feels comfortable with my laptop here. The cult of the global elites. Okay, so let's stop again. You assumed it. You got to define it. But the people that read this blog already assume it. So he doesn't feel like he has to define it. But if he was talking to anybody else. Who's the global? The cult of the global elitist. I've talked about this before with people. And they're like, oh, the evil Republicans or the evil Democrats. And they're like scheming to do this and that. I'm like, there's no like elite special like golden room that people are in making up like how do we do the worst possible thing. Like even, I don't know if you've heard of this movie. I forget what movie it is. I didn't see it. I really don't think I have the stomach to watch it. But it's, what's it? It's literally about how they planned the Holocaust because all the notes had been found. Well, all the notes. They were supposed to destroy all the notes, but one person kept it and it's been found. And almost like a lot of things were actually word for word verbatim or at the very least like vote for vote verbatim because nobody was like taking actual like verbatim word minutes. But even that elite room, like it was legit a room where all these people met to figure out how to plan the Holocaust. It wasn't motivated. Like, legit, the, the weird thing, the reason I don't want to watch this movie, because I'm, like, skeeved out. The depravity of man knows no bounds, okay? Stick with me here. This is all going to be relevant. The reason it was so horrific is because they legit thought that it was the best thing they could possibly do. That's what made it so horrific. They weren't like, okay, I'm going to do something bad. It was just not socially acceptable what they were doing and they wanted to rid the world of what they perceived was an evil, which were the Jews. By no means is it like, oh, well, they didn't know any better. No, they knew better because a priori knowledge. But it wasn't like they just came together to try to plan this ongoing thing. Like, I'm not trusting the government here. Oh my gosh. Like, they're evil. But I don't trust them because... They're depraved and they don't have Christ in their heart. Okay, like, you want to go basic here. It's not that I don't trust them because they're in a special society. The plan is simple but diabolical is the next paragraph. If these elitists can destroy Mr. and Mrs. Frog's ability to earn a living by destroying their independent businesses and the ability to conduct free trade, they can make them slaves. There's so many assumptions in here. Like, legit... Even if you agreed with everything, including that the frog actually had a brain when it was boiled, let's just say you have to at least provide a source for it, a definition somewhere. Find me a definition. There's so many things in here that are assumed and the only people it speaks to are the people who agree with it already. So there's no persuasion going on. They don't care to persuade people. Even though this is supposed to be like, oh, this is, I'm teaching you how to do things. Like, people don't accept your basic premises. Your premises? Your premise, singular. That, you know, you have to prove that it's a cult. You have to prove that there are, like, special global elites. You have to prove that... What tyranny... I don't see even, like, a definition of tyranny in here. 
We automatically assume we know what tyrants are. What's a tyrant? I'm going to look it up. What's a tyrant? A tyrant is a ruler who exercises absolute power oppressively or brutally. What is tyranny? Cruel and oppressive government or rule. A nation under cruel and oppressive government. All right, so with that in mind, I'm going back to the first line here of the article. Tyrants have a very simple strategy for total domination. You have got to prove to me that tyrants have a strategy for total domination. There are examples in history of that being true. But I need to hear what they are. This is how it goes. They assume basic premises that would be more readily acceptable. In the article, they're saying tyrants is this. Tyranny is this. Okay, fine. Because I'm smart and I've read stuff, I can assume that that's accurate even if you don't have all the footnotes on it. And because the analogy that he is making might kind of fit, we've accepted that the experiment is true, which it isn't. So that's a little bit more deviation. You have to make a bigger jump to make that work. Then later you have to make a bigger jump because then we're talking about cults. Well, hold on. It's the subtle crumbling, I guess. I don't know. All right. So the plan is simple, but diabolical. If the elitists can destroy Mr. and Mrs. Frog's ability to earn a living by destroying their independent businesses and the ability to conduct free trade, they can make them slaves. This was one of the objectives of the COVID-19 ruse. Let's keep moving before I say anything. Perhaps you remember the fear placed upon Mr. and Mrs. Frog over the handling of paper money. The elitists claimed... Okay, so maybe we have a slight definition of who they think elitists are. Is it Fauci? Why is he elite? Elite. Let's look up elite. A select group that is superior in terms of ability or qualities to the rest of a group or society. The most powerful, rich, gifted, or educated members of a group, community, etc. I don't believe, personally that our government officials are the most powerful, rich, gifted, or educated members of a group of com or community. I don't. And frankly, recons apparently aren't very consistent about that because they're going to call those people elites, but then they talk about how dumb they are, how they don't have real power because of grassroots lobbying. They're going to talk about how they're not educated because they haven't been taught about Christianity and how to run government from Hebraic law. Um, but so are they elite or are they not? I guess they're called elites for the sheer tiny reason that they can make a decree and, and you can't maybe, but like they're not actually elite. So honestly, from a Christian perspective, I would be like arguing that they're not elite. They don't have actual power because Christ has power. Christ can transform and make those elite people, quote unquote, reduced to nothing. I mean, it's all over the Psalms. I mean, go figure. Imprecatory prayers we were talking about before. I mean, they can be destroyed by conversion. So stop 
saying it's elitism. It's not. It's pre-conversion or permanent non-conversion. That's all it is. Like, stop. How would I use the word elite properly? I wouldn't refer to government. I mean, I'm guilty of throwing the term around because it happens to be in my vocabulary and I've been poisoned. But an elite is somebody who knows their stuff and may or may not abuse it. So let's go back to the article. You're saying that elites are people who happen to have been elected, which undermines their entire thing about getting involved in politics. Because if they're elite and powerful and can't change anything and tyrannical, how are you going to change anything? You have no power. You're not elite. Like, you can't have it both ways. Either they're elite or they're not. And I don't like the fact that they're still calling these people elite. And then in the next couple paragraphs, they're going to talk about how you are going to dethrone them. You can't dethrone an elite. Let's go back to this. So, the elitists claimed that the virus could be spread through handling paper dollar bills and that only credit cards and cryptocurrencies should be used for safety. And yet, there was no prohibition for reading a daily newspaper or buying a cup of coffee poured into a paper cup. Library books were not fumigated. Neither was there any effort to sanitize the National Archives of the books at the Library of Congress. What? What? How many people touch the books in the Library of Congress on a daily basis? How is that apples to apples? How many people touch a library book on a daily basis, especially when libraries were restricted through that time. I'm not saying that paper money should have been limited per se, like whatever, but you've got to understand what the argument is and not just sub in your own argument because I know where your argument's going. You think that it was their evil ploy to track everything because cashless society amongst these people and how some people will say it's the mark of the beasts once it's finally instituted and all this stuff which has nothing to do in scripture nothing the fact that he says COVID-19 ruse as well so he jumps from his definition of tyranny and goes immediately into, and now you will agree with me, is his idea, that COVID-19 was a ruse because I gave you a definition of tyranny and I used the word elite and I used a frog. Now you will agree with me. Like, you can't make the jump. I know people have their ideas about it, but you have to argue it. You have to put the puzzle pieces so that people can follow your line of reasoning for making your claim. Was it hyped up? Was it not hyped up? Was it not taken seriously enough? Literally not the point. You have to prove it was a ruse to say it was a ruse after everything you've said prior because you jumped ship to another island. That's what just happened here. But he's talking to his audience, so he's not going to care about actually properly making a point and arguing a point because you're either in or you're out. And the dollar bill thing, like... 
the same people I was raised every time I handled money. Make sure you wash your hands. It's germy. A lot of people are touching it. I mean, think about it. I go to the bank and get a dollar bill. I have no idea how old the dollar bill is. So literally just me holding the dollar bill. It was never washed. I don't know how many people in the years has touched it. Forget about me spending it now. But let's talk about me spending it now. I go to the store. I buy milk with it. Cashier takes it. Now she's got me and all the gears worth of people that touched it. She hands it as change to the next person. Who then goes and buys gas with cash. Gives it to the gas station lady or whatever. Who now has touched all of that. Then she gives it as change to the next guy who comes in who bought a pack of cigarettes. He doesn't wash his hands. He's a mechanic. Do you get my point? Like, literally, it's the easiest way to spread germs. Let's talk about the newspaper. Because he said, oh, they didn't say the daily newspaper. They didn't prevent that. Let's talk about where the newspaper would have gone. One single person buys it, reads it, and throws it away. The end. Yeah, it wasn't like nobody touched it. But it wasn't years and years and years and years and years of people touching it. It's not about paper. It's about how many people have touched it. Brand new cups and sleeves that were placed there by people wearing gloves, literally in a factory. You give it to the person that ordered the coffee. They drink it and chuck it. Sprinting toward total domination is the next paragraph's title. It had been said that totalitarianism Hold up. I thought we were talking about tyranny. They're two different things, but let's go on. It has been said that totalitarianism has been tiptoeing toward this objective, but now it is an all-out sprint to its final goal of world domination. Like, who are you talking to? The COVID-19 crisis, in concert with so many other manufactured emergencies, was staged so that the elites could posit a solution which would be acceptable to Mr. and Mrs. Frog, while at the same time moving them closer to serfdom and finally abject slavery. What? Correlation doesn't equal causation. I've heard recons use that. But now it doesn't apply. Now correlation does equal causation. Because you're correlating that COVID happened... You've already made the premise that it was a ruse. Now you think you can say that there were so many other manufactured emergencies. I'm actually genuinely curious what they were. Like, do they think polio was manufactured? Do they think Ebola was manufactured? Do they think, like, I'll tell you what I think. I think that a lot of these illnesses that have come up, swine flu, bird flu, Ebola, like whatever you want to call it, all came about because of a symptom of deviating from the way God would intend us to live a healthy life. We don't exercise. That's, that's one thing. Okay, fine. It's not everything, but there's like, we don't take care of the environment the way we should. Yeah. Oh, well, you're, you're now going to be a, an environmentalist. No, we just do not care for the earth properly. So there's that, but okay. Where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, sicknesses. Okay, yeah. So, like, 
What it is, though, is because people are wicked, they will respond to these community, national, whatever, illnesses badly. Of course, it doesn't mean automatically that they had to have planned all of these things. It's just that as any opportunity arises to them, or at least it could be this, I'm just thinking devil's advocate for people who are hardcore bent on the conspiracies here. It could be that they're actually stupid and wouldn't know enough to plan a sickness. Like, really? Really? They're dumb or they're not. Like, I've heard, oh, they're so stupid, they don't... So are they stupid or are they not? Like, government. I think they're stupid, and I think that means they didn't plan all of this, they just capitalize upon it. But again, you have to prove that there were so many other manufactured emergencies. That was the thing that they wrote here. At least mention one... He doesn't mention any of them. We're supposed to know. I actually legit don't know. I could surmise. I don't know what he's referring to. What other manufactured emergencies? So, preparation. This is where... Let's just pretend everything was right in that first portion. Save ourselves from tyranny. Because it's coming in America. What do we do? As a Christian, what should we do? We're not running for office next week. And if we did, we're not getting elected. What are we going to do? And I'm going to surmise, actually, that if you got elected, you wouldn't be able to do anything in two to four years because it's so entrenched. What are you going to do? Step one, historical precedence. I could buy that. Let's see what he says. The first act of preparation for the inevitable. What's the inevitable? That we are going to be a type. Okay, hold up. I'm going to put, I'm putting this laptop right here. All recons are post-millennial. Do you know what that is? Did I mention that? It means that they believe that the world is going to get better and better and better from a Christian perspective. So more people are going to be converted. More institutions will be taken over by Christians and transformed with godly laws and all this stuff. And then at the end of the world, right before Christ comes... Christ will return to a world that is more or less a utopia. That's one version of postmillennialism because I happen to be postmillennialist, but I believe that will simply mean that most people on earth will be converted because I believe that the knowledge of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Right now, that ain't the case. So I do believe scripture will look like that. Maybe that's amillennialism. I don't even know what the eschatology is anymore because I was raised in this kind of postmillennialism. We're not diving into the eschatology, but let me just tell you what their eschatology is and why this whole thing about the first act of the first act of preparation is for the inevitable. I'm not even going to tell you what the first act is. He already assumes something is inevitable. What tyranny? How are you saying this if you're a post-millennial? They're post-millennial. That's why they have these ideologies because they think that they're going to usher in the end of the world by changing governments and changing earthly institutions and forcing it into that square peg as a round hole. Wait, forcing it into the round hole as a square peg, oh my gosh. How did I even screw that saying up? So is it inevitable because you're using your eyes of flesh? The first act of preparation for the inevitable is to recognize that this has happened before. 
And he goes on with Genesis, and there's the Tower of Babel. Um, God destroyed their efforts for total domination. So, in essence, recognize that God will destroy tyrants, I guess. Then how is it inevitable? However, to the credit, if we do recognize that God destroys tyrants, which is what he ended with, he says literally, God destroyed their efforts for total domination. So, like, if we're going to take that first part, even if there's gobbledygook in having to get there, then it's basically saying, to their credit, that prepare yourself by trusting in God. Like, that's what I would think the direction would start to go in. Preparation to God will destroy them. Okay. So the first two steps is to know that God will destroy them because he's done it in the Bible. And the second one is to know that God's destroy them based on, as he gives imprecatory psalmist prayers. So they're like, the, they're the same step. So how do we prepare though? Let's see what step three says. Preparation, step three. Secure communities. There will be a time when the faithful church will once again be established and the people of God will stand up to the right or wrongs of the culture through the declaration and the application of the truth of God's word. There's your post-millennialism. But here's code word. He doesn't say God's word. He says, the application of the truth of God's law word, hyphenated. Just know that in the back of your brain. That comes from R.J. Rush Dooney. I believe he's the one that first used it. I don't think it was Bonson. I could be wrong about that. But it was one of the early gen recons. You'll know immediately if they're a recon if they say that. True Christians are strengthened by the knowledge that God is in control and he will provide strategies for his people so that they are not consumed by the wicked. Like, we still haven't gotten the strategy. Like, you keep saying we have to be prepared. This is what you do. And I still haven't gotten it. So what do we do? In light of that hope, communities of security must be established. Okay, what is this? No man is an island and no family can stand alone in this type of a crisis. Okay, so that means we need a community of security. What is that? There is strength in numbers and in the various skills that those numbers bring to the situation. A church community must be developed into a secure community. Okay, so like a church must be become this community of security. What is that, please? Still haven't gotten that. What's your definition of that? Just because you belong to a church does not automatically translate into a secure community that can assemble together in a crisis with the necessary skills to navigate that crisis. So is a secure community people with the same skills or people with skills to navigate the crisis that are different from each other so you have a collection of them? So what might those skills be? I'm guessing that's what he means. Still haven't defined it yet. If you are not in a church or cannot find a church that believes that a crisis is looming, seek to establish a secure community Capital S, capital C, as if there's a name that still wasn't defined yet, really. I'm just inferencing things. Seek to establish a secure community, capital, capital, with your neighbors. You can listen to past tacticalrecon.org podcasts, holy mackerel, no, for further details on how this is done. Okay, so there's a podcast in the internet ether somewhere that's going to actually say what didn't get said here, but back up. I'm supposed to find a church that believes we are doomed. That's not post-millennialism, so they're being, like, so inconsistent. But why would you do that? 
if you are not in a church or cannot find a church that believes that a crisis is looming, seek to establish a secure community with your neighbors. So here, so here, wait, 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 wait a minute. I need to put it on my lap again, this laptop. So the church is not the best place to be. Like, that's it. If you're not in a church, you should have said, then find one. Or cannot find a church that believes that a crisis is looming. What about, like, if they found a church that believes that Christ saves sinners? What if they found a church that believes that Christ can heal the broken? What if they found a church that believes that Christ is king and he will not let the wicked win? Like he just said in his preparation steps one and two. There is strength in numbers. Oh my God. There is strength in numbers. There is strength in numbers. One man with God is always in the majority. I literally know of a church that bought a billboard for their community that literally said that because strength doesn't come in numbers. It comes with Christ at the center of your life. Oh my gosh. Why are you saying this? There is strength in numbers. I get it. I get that we are supposed to be a community and I get that God has put people with varying skills and, and strengths into each other's lives to lean on each other. Iron sharpens iron, whatever. But, but, but no, just no. I'm going to put this laptop on my lap again. A church community must be developed into a secure community. Again, you need to define that. Apparently, it's better to be a secure community than a church community because a church community is not enough. I suppose then I should ask, what is a church community? I mean, I would think it's a community of people who go to church together or are Christians. But why then would that be second rate? Why would it then be better to be a secure community over a church community? Because apparently that's the second level up in this guy's opinion. I thought this was tactical recon. Tactics. I need the tactics. Don't just tell me about your podcast. Tell me the tactics. The Monday morning, wake up and do something about it. So far, my tactics are know that God will do something about it and know that we're doomed and make your church into something that I don't really know what you mean by that. Those are my tactics. Let's move on. Preparation step four. Stay informed. Now that you know the big picture. <laughs> I don't know the picture. You didn't paint the picture. You painted a picture of a frog that got its brain chopped out. Oh, now that I know the big picture. <laughs> you can identify the incremental tactics used by the elitists to build their tower of domination. I have no idea what's going on right now. Because there's so many assumptions in here. That's the problem. You only understand that it makes sense if it's, if you're in it. Like this all would have made sense to me. It's bullshit. It's so stupid. This next sentence. Listen to podcasts. Watch YouTube interviews and discussions on the topic. Do not discard out of hand any conspiracy theory. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Do not, do not discard out of hand any conspiracy. 
There may be some truth to them. Be discerning. Read books and articles that aid in staying informed. Watch newscasts as well that address the economic issues of the U.S. and the global markets with a view to what the elitists are seeking to accomplish and prosper. What about reading the Bible? I mean, we can start there. What about it? Novel concept for a Christian, I know. But why are we... One of the things that we could do is know our God better and the mind of Christ that has been given to us in Scripture. Why not? I don't know. Because that is not their gospel. These same, same people get so angry when they hear of people, quote-unquote, using the newspapers as prophecy. Meaning, like, because, oh, these, these post-millennials here, since the world is going to get better and better in their eyes, somehow, simultaneously with it getting worse, people who read the paper or watch the news or watch a YouTube video and do, like, half of the stuff that was just listed here and come to the conclusion that, oh my gosh, the world must be ending soon because this is all from Revelation. These same people get livid at that because they don't believe that Revelation is talking about that. And they say, and I quote, why are they using sources outside of what God has said to dictate what God has said? Ergo, compare scripture with scripture to learn about what it means. 110% I agree with that. But now for their agenda in tactical recon, <laughs> now we have to watch all of those talking heads. We have to read all of those blabbles to stay informed. That's how we prepare. What are we preparing for exactly? I forget. I do forget that tyrants will win or not win because Christ will destroy them. I don't know. I'm confused. But one of the ways is to stay informed by watching conspiracy theories and entertaining them all. Uh, isn't there a scripture? Hold on. Hold on a second. I need to... Isn't there a scripture about, like, not... Literally not doing that? I, I, I forget. It's in, like, the back of my brain here. Hold up. Let me find it. Isaiah 8, 12. And P.S. This is from the Old Testament, which recalls really like because the New Testament is too full of that love stuff. Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. Just consume everything of the world. That's how you prepare yourself as a Christian for, let's just say, the inevitable. Step five, pray. Oh, here's the first thing that's remotely Christian right now. I think that should have been step one, frankly. Uh, well, I'll, I'll give, I could do step two. But, I mean, it is tactical. So, like, it was not tactical to just know that God's in control and can destroy them. That was the first two steps. So I still would have put it at step one. But I can entertain step two. But it shouldn't have been last. It's not your last resort to talk to God. Let's read what it says. 
It is legit three sentences. So it's not that important. David understood that God was the only real source of safety. Unlike y'all do. And so in order to prepare for any contingency that may befall him, he prayed for insight, protection, and direction, trust in God for a favorable answer. It is our wisdom to do likewise. And he ends with a Bible verse about it. They don't know what part prayer plays in the program. They have no idea. They just heard it somewhere. They read a verse like what he ends with, pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me for thou art my strength. They just know it's truth somewhere. They don't believe it. How do you pray? Well, the only way they know how to pray or that they think is worth it is by something like Matthew Henry, which I've talked about another one, like about all the formula about it. So they don't understand the connection between prayer and strength and church strength secure community like if i were to define it it's so messed up so messed up that was the article from tactical recon on january 19th of last year 